Slice Audio. July 22nd. Checking in. How are you? Are you doing okay? Are you taking care of yourself? Make sure you're taking care of yourself. And staying out of arguments on social media. All right, we've got, what are we talking about today? I need to do, all right, I got to do some fake mailbag because we're setting up a new bit. Kelsey, my partner in crime, thinks that when I do fake mailbag, I give terrible advice. And I'm like, totally in disagreement. Hall of Fame first ballot advice. That's what you get on this show. That's what you get, people! <laughs> so we got to do fake mailbag on this show, or on this episode. Um, you want to start about some stories from Elsister? There's a, there, it's a, it's a tragic loss. Uh, for, so I grew up in a little sleepy town called Elsister, which was close to Sioux Falls in South Dakota. For those of you listening outside of the area, now you have a picture. Google it, whatever. So there's this famous <laughs> restaurant that you would go to. I don't think it's a chain or a franchise. I think this is the only one that exists. But although they're they're everywhere, they're just with different names. So like there was this place as a kid that anytime there was a special event, like if you had a grandfather's birthday or if your Boy Scout troop won an award, I'm making that up, that never happened. Or you know what I mean? Like when the family got together to have a meal that was supposed to be a lot of times you'd go like after church. If we went to church and everybody was good, we'll go to the Royal Fork Restaurant. And it is closing its doors. And the Royal Fork Restaurant is like a sketch Golden Corral. Is the best way to describe, <laughs> to describe that. Like, it, you know what I mean? You, get the, you can get lasagna and fajitas and meatloaf and gross-looking fish fillets and fruit and like salad, but the salad is like cottage cheese and then a lot of very Lutheran potluck jello salad y stuff. Sal we're being real generous with the term tal. It's, it's a bunch of desserts, more or less. <laughs> the Royal Fork restaurant is shuttering its doors. It's a double-edged sword because it's like a place that's gone that I had all these memories of as a kid. Everybody did. Everybody who grew up in southeastern South Dakota has a memory of the Royal Fork Restaurant. It's like this legendary place. And that's a bummer that it's closing. But let me, t let me ask you the following question. Do we really, in 2020, do what we need right now is a place where you can get all of the food. Like, do we really, isn't it time to phase out as a people agree that the buffet is generally a bad idea? I'm, it, it's just, there's no reason on earth we need to have the ability to get a new plate and refill it full of shit and eat it all and then eat some soft serve ice cream with a brownie and a shit ton of sprinkles. That doesn't mean I'm not terribly <laughs> sad that a, a, a childhood institution is closing. But at the same time, 
I feel like that's okay. We can be, I think we're, aren't we better? Aren't we better than an all-you-can-eat buffet? Is that really what we want to be with our lives? I'm not judging. I got some pounds. I'm not saying, you know, this ain't me fat shaming. Well, this is me healthy fat shaming because I absolutely believe in it because that's what works on me. I'm living proof. I see myself, like, occasionally I see myself on television because I'm, you know, you're out, you do these interviews once in a while. And it happened a week and a half ago. I was on some tourism story, and I'm looking at the screenshot someone took and put it on Facebook to make fun of me. And I look doughy as shit. I look really fat. So I've been, you know, I'm down eight pounds since that stupid interview. I can sell a get-rich-quick diet scheme. Here we go. Videotape yourself. Put the video on the television and watch it. Everything else will just take care of itself. You'll, you won't eat as much, and maybe you'll do a little bit of exercise. You, it's not like you have to join a fucking marathon club. I'm mostly talking to myself when I say this. Come on, Billy. You can get better. So uh, rest in peace, the Royal Fork. It is, it is no longer going to be a thing. Someone will bring it back, though. You just know it. Some rich dude who wants to eat his lasagna and his tacos and his ice cream in the same place is going to bring that place back. That's just how it works. You got to start with some real news, as long as we're talking about business news. Okay, what's happening right now? What's... um. I'll tell you what's happening right now. The Sturgis rally is upon us, and everybody has an opinion on what to do about the Sturgis motorcycle rally, which is going to happen. Like, it's a thing that's – it's an event during the COVID that is going to happen. Here's the reality of it all. This is an event that – if like, it's not a – it's not like an – like, when you go to Coachella, you just buy a ticket to Coachella. And you get to get in. It's one ticket. That doesn't. That's not how the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally works. Like you don't give the state of South Dakota a pass for a fee, or you know what I mean. You don't get a sticker, and then you get to go wherever you want. You just come. Like a town of five thousand turns into a town of half a million, and it's and you know it gets a little carny, but there's a million things to do, and there's ways to do it safe, and I, it's just you can't. No, you everyone's doing their best. You know what I mean? Like everyone is trying to make the decisions they think are smart and no one's being reckless, but no, also at the same time, nobody has any patience for anybody to just make a decision or change their mind for the love of God. Holy shit. So that's happening. That's what's happening in my world. Anyway, that's what everybody wants to talk about, which, you know, I guess it's news. It it is a big of it's like national. It's it's like I mean the Sturgis motorcycle rally makes national news as it is, but like it's it's national and international news that the event is happening at all. I feel like the Germans think we're nuts. <laughs> like other countries must look at us and be like, I don't know, man. One day it just became real important to have an opinion on masks, and they just went with it. I mean, I guess that's who we are right now. You know what? Back to the Golden Fork, Royal Fork, whatever the hell it was called. That 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 is who we are. We're buffet. Oh yeah, this is okay. So I've been working. This is my theory. Everything okay? I 
I'm trying to identify the problem, right? Like it's clear to anybody wherever you sit that right now it's it's a it's an unsettling time for a million different reasons and a lot of them are very legit and a lot of them are not and you throw social media into the mix and i'm not going to talk about i swear to god this isn't a social media rant so everything is a pendulum everything swings one way or the other right like um you know democrat and republican and 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 rural and metro and ice cream flavors and, and you know the popularity of riding a motorcycle or apples like you, like everything has a what is the cool bar fashion everything has its time and its place and its moment and it all kind of swings on a pendulum and there's a million different pendulums and we're at any given moment at a at a specific pendulum on a specific topic i know that sounds insane but hear me out for a second i'm not saying this is you know None of this is scientific. This is just what I think. The redneck pendulum has swung too far into the redneck. Like it can't be on the other way because you can't have, you can't, you need some redneck. I believe part of the greatness of America is its inability to know any better and just do it. That And that's, you know, because we got a little redneck in us and a little bit of that is great. But right now, the redneck threshold is too far. And so it's making us a little dumber. And we believe things like QAnon. And like, I'll give you the perfect example. Here is how I'm summing up the pendulum theory. Hank Williams, the singer Hank Williams. Love Hank. Fucking Hank Williams, man. All my ratted friends are coming. You know, like, here's where I want some Hank Williams. I've got the pig in the ground and the beer on ice and all my friends are coming over for a party tonight. Rock and roll. That's exactly where we want our Hank Williams. Hank Williams on Fox News discussing Israeli-Palestine relations and Hank is fucking over his skis because the redneck pendulum has swung too far into redneck. So right now it's all my rowdy friends have a position on Netanyahu. That doesn't make sense in a song. I don't give a shit what... Because all my ratty friends are netting Yahoo tonight. No, that's not how the song goes. I got the pig in the ground. I got the beer on ice. Check. Check. All my friends are coming over tonight. Check. I mean, it depends on the friends, but check. Here's what I think about the socio-political strife of two people that have been fighting for dozens of generations uncheck we got to swing the redneck pendulum back a little bit not all the way you need a little bit daisy dukes awesome anti-vaxxer being in a political position of power too fucking far come on hank bring us on back it's the smart rednecks that can fix this, by the way, because you have to eat your own. You won't, NPR ain't going to fix it. There's an NPR pendulum, and that needs to sit in its certain spot. It's got a sweet spot, just like the redneck does. The smart elites can't tell the rednecks to quit their silly redneck shit. The smart rednecks need to fix the dumb rednecks because they'll listen to the smart rednecks. You got to bring that pendulum back. It's for your own self-interest. It's like deer hunting. 
if you don't like people, vegetarians who like have an ethical problem with hunting and killing animals misunderstand animal conservation, in my opinion. It's the same thing. You got to cull some of the dumb rednecks so you can keep the redneck herd healthy. Herd immunity. That's a thing I've heard on the internet over and over. I don't know how to use it either, but I just did. <laughs> All right. That's my redneck theory. We're too, we got a pendulum is way too heavy on the, on the redneck side. We got to, we got to slide the scale back a little bit. I'll tell you why it's a problem. Here's where it bleeds into, into normal everyday life. Like I'm bringing you these crazy internet rumors, right? Last week was, what was last week? Last week was apparently Wayfair was selling kids on the internet for sex, which is insane. And so here's the new one I read. Uh, Chester Bennington, who was the lead singer of a new, uh, are they called new metal, new metal band called Lincoln park. He committed suicide years back. It's not that many years ago, which is incredibly sad. I mean, I'm not even a, that big of a Lincoln park fan, but uh, you know, tr- all suicide is tragic. I don't give a shit how famous you are. Mental, mental behavior problems. Don't care how famous or rich you are. Anyways, sidebar. Here's the newest moronic internet rumor. Apparently, there's an internet rumor that says Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park was murdered because he was about to expose a pedophilia ring. A reminder, if you will, for these crazy internet conspiracy theories. All of them require a group of people to keep their mouths shut. I want to remind you of the last surprise birthday party that you threw for a relative or a friend or one you attended it was incredibly hard to keep the word from getting out to one person. And you're telling me the same amount of people who plan the surprise party for Ted also have the ability to murder a guy who can't go to McDonald's without being recognized and they can keep it from everybody Okay, then. I know you don't actually believe this stuff, but this is, I'm just reading it. I, I, I was hoping to not have a moronic, crazy internet rumor, but apparently we can't let a week go by. Okay. I have a song you need to listen to. It is holy shit good. This is how I stumbled upon the Chester Bennington crazy internet thing because Chris Cornell put out a song. Not put out a song. They. Re, they released a song from before it went. Chris Cornell was the lead singer of Soundgarden who also committed suicide. And there's some connection because Chester Bennington and Chris Cornell were friends. That's how I got on the rabbit hole of the crazy Chester Bennington stuff. Doesn't matter. Back to the song. Chris Cornell covered Guns N' Roses' Patience. And holy shit, it's good. Like, really good. You have to listen to it. Any good rock radio station should be playing it a lot right now or YouTube it or whatever. It's incredible. It gave me, I got, I'll be honest. I'm a man. I could admit this. I got a little teary eyed. I didn't weep, but I got, I got a little teary eyed listening to this song. It's that good of a cover. It, it hit just right. It was, it got goosebumps. It's, it's, 
It's an amazing song. It's an amazing cover. I'm not even... I mean, I like GNR's Patience. Everybody likes GNR's Patience. Because you can whistle to it, and it's awesome. You know, if you can learn those few chords when you're in college, you, you know, you can get a couple of... You, things will go your way if you learn that little bit of the song. At least it worked back in the day. But, like, you know, great song. But I don't, I don't cry when I hear Axel sing it. But I did tear up a little bit when I heard Chris Cornell sing it. Well, mostly because, you know, it's sad. We're never going to hear... A new Chris Cornell album. And, you know, that's a bummer, man. Um, Let's open the mailbag. Let's open the mailbag. You can hit me on the mailbag. Bookofmurdoch at gmail.com or go to murdochjones.com or you can go to that website and find the cell phone number that I put on there that I can never remember. Shit, hold on. MurdochJones.com What is the number? Sorry, I'm pulling it up. I should have this loaded, but I don't. You can text me right now as you're listening to this, and you can weigh in on any given topic. 605-340-0811. You can also leave a voicemail. I've been thinking I want to do a new bit. So all of this can apply. You can email, you can text it, you can leave a voicemail. Um, I prefer voicemail. I wouldn't mind. We're starting to get some decent collections. I would like to play some of your voicemails. But I want to do a new bit. I want to learn something new. I want you to tell all of us something interesting that we can just, you know, learn a skill. Here's a fact. But I don't want it to be shitty. I want it to be nice and positive. Hey, it can be random trivia. Whatever, man. It might it might spark a fun conversation. It can be about whatever you want it to be. Are you an expert in stamps? I'll take an interesting fact about stamps. You want to tell me how to ride a bull? Fire away. You want to tell me how you lay out a fire plan for an office? I'll take that too. We should all learn a little bit about each other and how we all know that. And I feel like we can do that on this show a little bit. It'll be fun. 605-340-0811. We'll play them as they come in. Maybe none of you are that interested in it, but there's enough of you people starting to listen to this thing where it's taken off and it's getting kind of fun. And uh, we'll do a new bit. Teach us something. 605-340-0811. One, you want to do the mailbag while we're here? Okay. I don't know who this is from. I don't have a name. Um, okay, I got to set this up a little bit. So on the last episode, we were talking. We were talking about a story from Elsister, and we it, not, we invented this game in Elsister, which has a terrible name. But I'm just telling you. I'm just giving you the facts, ma'am. It was called Tardball, and it was like a version of Kill the Carrier on sleds in the winter. And obviously, you can't call it that anymore because that's we should have never called it that. But we were stupid and we didn't know any better. And this, I tell this story because that's how you learn. You used to be able to do things that were completely insensitive that maybe you weren't aware of or maybe you knew and didn't care. And then there's a time where you can't call it that anymore. And it's okay to admit that, everybody, right? Anyways, mailbag. I don't have a name here. Instead of tardball, call it slingball. 
kind of similar, but if you've seen Sling Blade, you can explain it like you sling the ball. Yeah, but I don't want to give it... It needs a better name. Like, I don't want to give it another name that just means retarded. You know what I mean? Like, I appreciate your version of saying it so it's not, you know... So you have... It's, I get what you're trying to do. I appreciate that. I guess I'm just killing the joke. I'm not making it funny. You were just trying to be funny, and I was just being an asshole about it. Oh, my God. Literal answer to your jokey, jokey, uh, jokey jokesters. Sorry about that. I'm just tr- I'm trying to be better a little bit. You know? Okay. Listen to this shit. More on the mailbag. Last episode, we were talking about what TikTok takes for your privacy, right? So my buddy, Radio Edit, who is one of my favorite people on earth, he also taught me about podcasting. He also saw podcasting coming before maybe anybody I've ever, in fact, surely before anybody I ever met, created the first podcast I ever listened to. He's um, He works out at Radio Edit. You can see him. Like if you watch Radio Edit, he's the one that does all the Radio reporting stuff he's you know he's awesome anyways that's radio edit we were talking about what tiktok um has as far as your privacy goes right like should you actually have this app and this is radio edit wheelhouse i considered radio edit a credible expert maybe more credible than anybody i know personally so he emailed in about tiktok tiktok's funny and popular with kids Hard not to sign, find something funny on the app. Some of the content is good, wholesome fun. So I, I'm weighing in on my own here now. A lot of the content is killer. That's my favorite thing about the app is the production value. But here is the note from Radio Edit, which is going to make me uninstall TikTok. It's also dangerous spyware. They siphon vast amounts of data from your phone. For example, the contents of your clipboard, your passwords, Web browser data, the type of device you're using, the apps you use, how long you use those apps. Enough to make a pretty solid dossier about you scaled to tens of millions of users. Owned by a Chinese data firm and the world's most valuable startup. It's worth approximately $100 million as a startup company. It's called ByteDance. Um, while technically a private enterprise, ByteDance has a strong relationship with the Chinese government. Most security experts in the private sector and the national security industry agree that the data and financial exchange between ByteDance and the Chinese state government is pretty robust. And right now, the Chinese posture towards American interests is not exactly positive because they're closing down embassies and blah, blah, blah. Uh, there's lots of incentive for them to exploit American data. So while you can base your use on the app on your personal risk profile, your listeners should be aware that the app presents significant security and privacy risks. So once again, you're free to do whatever you want, but understand that you're helping the Chinese government build a pretty accurate profile of how shitty we are as a people. <laughs> Through our internet usage. Let me put it to you this way. Scan through the browser history you've deleted over the last 18 months in your mind. Like, think of the sites that you went, holy shit, I don't want anybody to know about that. And imagine a gov, not a, any gov, just a government. 
knowing all of that about you, along with the last few things you've copy and pasted, and think of some of those texts that you don't want getting out out of context. Holy shit. And then the types of apps you use, your the websites that you go to. I'm getting rid of this thing. Thank you. Radio edit. I I I I'm I'm he talked me into it. Because Radio Edit. Don't know. No almost nobody does, I think. Can I tell you an interesting Radio Edit story? I have so much respect for this guy. Um so I I had a podcast a long time ago. And it was guest driven. And some a lot of you are still listening to this like 12 years later, which I appreciate it. Um, I, I think it was from an episode of that or maybe when, we were, when I was on the radio. But I had called somebody gay. This is a long time ago. No excuse. I'm just saying. I called somebody gay. And Dan Patterson took time out of his day to send me a personal email from New York City to the middle of Podunk, South Dakota, where there's a lot more worse words used than gay, but still to give me some perspective. Hey, man, it's 2000, whatever it was, 2000 something, 06, 08, maybe, I don't know. You can't say that word. That's not like you can't, I'm not like you're my buddy. I'm not saying you're not my friend. I'm not saying you're the worst. I'm saying... I understand it used to be a word you can use, but you can't, you know, it's incredibly harmful. And, you, and I guarantee you, by the way, when he sent me that email, I'm sure as shit I defended it. Sure as shit I did what everyone else does on the internet and in person and all. It's the equivalent of, no, I've got black friends. I'm like, no, I don't mean it that way. I, that's not my intent of it all. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I needed to finally let sink in? It doesn't matter how, what I intended it as. You have to keep in mind the considerations of others. So we don't say that anymore. Lesson learned. I and I have radio edit. Thanks for that. <sighs> Way to stick up for the gays. Radio edit. <laughs> like. It doesn't mean you can't make fun of someone who is gay if they're doing something that is funny and you can make fun of them. You just can't make fun of them solely because and only they are gay. That's a harder argument to make with the transgendered people. Not that I would ever make jokes about them to hurt their feelings and ever be mean, but like there are certain instances of it that are still comedy related and largely brought on upon by that audience. But still, you know... It's probably one of those things where I think that now and give me a couple years and I'll probably lighten up about it. So, you know, maybe you should just be cool. On the mailbag. On the mailbag. What else we got in here? Dun, 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 dun. All right. Here it is. A couple of good ones here. Um, okay. A few episodes ago, we were talking about me being the state, not, we weren't talking about it like it was awesome. We were talking about the Cub Scouts and the Boy Scouts, and we started talking about the Pinewood Derby. This isn't some fucking brag I'm setting up. But anyways, as an aside, I was this 1991 state champion Pinewood Derby racer. And my fear is that we need to put an asterisk on the win because of performance enhancing products. And what I'm in danger of, I think, maybe, is that my car was, we put powdered 
uh, graphite on the nails, which would create less friction against the wheel and it would go faster. And then we were drilling lead into the front of the car. And Chris is weighing in off the mailbag. I'm pine, I, he believes my Pinewood Derby car was legal because powdered graphite was common practice. I, and I appreciate that, but what I what Chris here's my issue is there's a little bit of age between us. Like I think I was early. What I'm in danger of is like what how's an example? Okay, the the Rekenogene that like all of these athletes use, like you go to Germany and they take out your plasma and then they jam, and then they spin it and they jam it back in. It's like it's not quite blood doping, but it's like as close as blood doping can be. It's legal in like the NFL, but eventually they're going to have to address it to see if it is legal or not. And maybe they'll legalize it and be fine. Regenikine is my powdered graphite. I think I was using it before it was maybe okay to use. And then after a few years, they knew they couldn't stop it. It's not like I'm the Pete Rose of Pinewood Derby. I wasn't betting on myself, although that car was so fast. Sure as shit, I could have made some money. Also, I'm, I, I knew you could tape pennies underneath the front, but we were drilling into the wood, hiding lead in, and then putting like putting wood covering it so the weight was hidden. I mean, obviously you could feel it; it was heavy, but you like I think the rule might have been that you got a visual. Let's just check this out. Let's just answer this question once and for all, shall we? Rules of Pine Wood Derby Boy Scouts. Here are the official derby rules. Okay. All right. Okay, here we go. Um, Dry lubricants are allowed, such as graphite and Teflon, but you cannot use liquid lubricants. Like, you can't spray your axles down right before the race. Okay, so I think I'm maybe in the clear then, although we still don't know when that rule was. Axle modification. You cannot um, groove and bevel your axles. Interesting. You also can't substitute axle. Like, you can't put in a different nail that's smoother, like nickel-plated, although that's bullshit. I should be able to go down to the hardware store and buy a couple. Um, wait, wait, wait. I can't find anything on wait. Uh, let's do a little searching. Not over five ounces. Okay, so the whole thing can't weigh over five ounces. For those of you who don't know how this works, this is the deal. You get a block of wood, a full block of wood, four nails and four plastic wheels and you're and the, and the thing is you like make a race car out of it and nail the wheels into the side of the thing and roll it down the hill and see who wins right five ounces i i don't you know i want i swear to god i might have that pinewood derby car in a box somewhere we should weigh that thing and make an official ruling i need to talk to my parents although you know I'm effectively ratting out my dad for helping me out here. So I'm I'm a little do I you know, no one likes a rat. Maybe I should dummy up about this. <laughs> Anyways, thanks, Chris, for the Pinewood Derby advice. Uh also on the mailbag. Tour de France. I'm so I'm getting into 
sports that because we're so this is not a plug for the Western Illinois Leathernecks, although they made a run into the Sweet 16 last time in year 17. Go next, let neck out, hashtag. Leathernecks Nation! Anyways, we're talking about sports that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give myself a fresh look at sports that there was no way I would ever watch in the past. One of them being Tour de France, or France, as it were. On the uh, mailbag here. My dad used to race bikes and always watched the tour and other races. What makes the Tour de France so interesting is all the politics behind it because of the different countries. Plus, some of the guys are like, like there's, there, it's not just like there's pink jerseys and white jerseys and they all mean different things. Um, it's also really fun to watch because live it's like 4 a.m. Yeah, but this year it's virtual. I'm in, though. I think I'm in on the Tour de France. I've been spending some time on the internet about it. Like, I still don't get it. Like, you know, typical dumb American. I still don't understand how it works. But I need I need to... I'm excited for it next year. I don't know if I'm 4 a.m. live excited for it next year. But if we continue to never have sports ever, it seems like it might be that way. Although they're coming back, aren't they? We're going to have Major League Baseball again. Oh, my God. I'm more excited for baseball than I think I am football. Because you know what we need right now? A sport that you just can have a couple of beers to. And, you, and it's not it's nice and relaxing. And it's, it's, it's you know, just, throw, just pitching the ball. Big team sport. It's not too stressful. You, it just seems like baseball is what we need right now. Football is like, I'm really excited for football to happen too. It sounds like they're not going to do any preseason games and then they're going to figure it out from there. I, I'm not going, listen, man, even with a mask, I don't know if I would go to, a, I don't know if I would attend it, but I don't really want to attend it. I, you know, I think it would be kind of cool to play all these games live televised, but not in an, arena full of 80 million people there's something about that that see i just want to see what it's like i'm that's that's hundreds of millions of dollars lost and people's jobs and i get all that and that's and like that's why like if you want to go to it i think you should wear a mask but rock and roll you should go to it keep wash your hands and don't go if you get the sniffles like if you bought your tickets when i know they're expensive but two days before you got 101 fever you gotta sell them some bitches and you know and take the l man because that's that's what's required. You need a little bit of sacrifice. But I do kind of want to watch, and it's like it'd be like it's an empty. They don't have to still play in the same stadium. Like they can just you know, they can play in the practice fields or whatever. But just set it up same as you would as an NFL game, but with like empty. And you can't crowd noise it. Here's an like, have you ever been to a UFC fight? In like it not like when you watch it on the on the pay-per-view or your phone or whatever it's the pay-per-view god could i sound older like okay so when you watch it on the pictrola you you hear crowd noise and like they pump that up a little bit so you sound it sounds more exciting and action-packed but when you actually go to one of these things live in 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 like the mgm even you would be amazed how quiet it gets a lot of the time, especially on the earlier parts of the card, you can hear a pin drop and there's 7,000 people in the arena 
And there's just two, and you can, and like even up on the top, because I've never been like, that's just really expensive. I've never been on the floor or anything. Like we were up in nosebleed and you can still hear the smack of like one dude's hand against another dude's face. That's pretty cool, but it's eerily quiet. I'm wondering if it will feel that way on like a television broadcast. They'll fuck it up though. They'll produce it. They'll put in laugh tracks and like crowd noises and shit. Just leave it to the people who make reality TV will be the ones who somehow get the NFL contract and they'll just find a way to completely screw it up. Anyways, Tour de France, I'm in. Thanks for the mailbag. All right, let's do, do we want to do, I don't, I don't, I just don't have the news in me today. I'm sorry. I fucking can't. I just, I can't even scroll past the shitty news to get to the one news thing I want to talk about. Let's just do fake mailbag. Reddit advice. Been a while since we've done fake mailbag. Let me, allow me to tell you how it works. So in the beginning of this show, I set up all of these MurdochJones.com. You can send me emails and texts and voicemails. And once again, the phone number is if you would like to call in and or and uh, text into the show, 605-340-0811. Put it in your phone. Save Book of Murdoch. You can text me anytime. And I will answer it on the show. Sometimes I'll even just answer it if I'm bored and got nothing going on. That's not all the time, though. Don't expect that. Anyways, in the beginning of this show, the very first few episodes, I didn't have any listeners yet. And so we did Fake Mailbag, which was on the Reddit advice threads. And so I'm going to give some fake advice, real advice to these fake people. Well, real people. You know what I'm talking about. But here's the bit. So I'm going to give some really bitchin' Hall of Fame advice here. And I've been told from my partner in crime, Kelsey, that I give bad advice we're going to take this advice and then we're going to on the next episode have some advice on the advice so a little tease if you will okay let's see what we should answer here i (laughs) here we go I had a sexual relationship with my therapist. Um, We fell in love despite us both being married to other people. His marriage was crumbling and so is mine. All right. You can't fuck your therapist. I know I'm not supposed to judge on the headline. I get I got to ride this out a little bit. But generally speaking, don't fuck your therapist. Okay, as time went on, it became apparent that he wasn't going to leave her. Well, no shit. He kept saying he would with them. He kept saying he would, but something new would derail those plans. Um there were no phone calls or he didn't engage with me. There were more no more romantic emails or texts. Well, yeah, cuz you were side piece. So we had to maintain secrecy because of our spouses. If anyone found out he could lose his license. Yeah, but that's on him. Everything occurred behind closed doors during my sessions. There's the problem. First off, your therapy sessions are for your therapist. Your therapy sessions are not so your therapist can have an orgasm. You got to do that 
at Chili's. Well, not at Chili's, but like get a hotel room or something. I don't know why I picked Chili's like it was the place where people go to fuck. <laughs> I don't know how to recover from this. I'm struggling to come to terms with it. I'm hurting very deeply. Okay. Holy shit. I don't know why I picked one. I don't know why I set this one for the advice to give. This one's really hard. Any advice is appreciated. Okay, here we go. First things first. There's a little bit of me that probably thinks you are completely taken advantage of, which is completely unfair to that therapist dude. But that therapist dude, uh, um, you know, um, you uh, that therapist dude was never leaving his wife. And if he was, he certainly probably wasn't leaving it for somebody he was uh, like, this guy's in so much trouble. You need to go to a new therapist who isn't going to have sex with you to then talk about the old therapist and then get to the original reason you were seeing a therapist. I don't like, by the way, that's not a knock on all therapists. That's a, that's everybody should talk to a therapist. That is really good for you, but you should not have sex with them. Have sex with other people. You can have sex with a therapist, but they can no longer then be your therapist. I don't, I mean, you know, I'm trying to, this is moveonable. This shouldn't end you. I'm trying to have some positive, I'm trying to come up with some positive advice and I'm running short. Oh shit, maybe Kelsey's right. I, okay, what is my advice for you? See a therapist about the therapist who, who, who you know, there's, that's step one. Step two, stop going to Reddit. Because Reddit is not going to help you at all. You got to call your, you got to call a friend and then have that friend help you pick a therapist who you are not attracted to at all. Like, I don't, the, the, I'm trying to like, that's rapey. That's super rapey, man. You mean fucking your your patients? There must be a rule somewhere, like on line twenty nine of the Hippocratic Oath, you know, after thou shalt do no harm, which should be included in that anyway. There's like an extra line in there that's like, and also, don't have sex with anybody that you're working on. Feel like that should be in there somewhere. Like if there's an amendment we could add, maybe. Although, do you really need to add that amendment? That seems like kind of common sense. All right, that was a hard one. I need to pick. I need a layup. I, you know what? That was my bad. I haven't done fake mailbag for a while, and like, what was I thinking? I picked the I picked the black diamond course first. I need to start on the green circle course, and do you know before I get to the moguls and the jumps. We got to do some, we got to do something easy. Okay. Um, here we go. My cat pees on himself. Certainly easier to talk about than having sex with your therapist. <laughs> okay. I have a kitten who is 12 weeks old. First off, I want to state this for the record before I get talked before my advice gets picked apart. I don't know shit about cats. 
I accidentally put a cat in the dryer once. His name was Mittens. It was an accident. I was getting ready for school in the morning. And, oh, story from El Sister. Mittens. I was getting ready for school one day in the morning, and I was throwing my clothes in the dryer to fluff them up because they were a little wrinkled. I didn't realize at the time that the cat was in the dryer. But my, you know, this was pretty normal for me. I'd throw whatever I was going to wear in the dryer to fluff it up, hop in the shower, take a shower, get out of the shower. I hear, whoomp, 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 whoomp. <laughs> I'm like, what? What is that? Strange thumping. That's the dryer. Open the dryer. Cat's in the dryer. Pfft, fur's everywhere, and his eyes are all fucking cross-eyed, and his tongue's hanging out, and I thought I for sure killed him. Um, did not kill him, though. Mittens was bulletproof. Certainly took one of the nine, or several of the nine lives, but that cat lived forever. That cat was a rock star. That's all my knowledge about cats. Back to the fake mail bag. I have a kitten at 12 weeks. When he uses the litter tray, he comes out covered in pee and tracks it all over the house. He sprayed uh, me with it once. Well, spraying, like not knowing how to use the litter box and spraying you with pee are two distinctly different actions, first off. My other cat did this when she was a young kitten, but he seems to really do it bad. Does anyone have experience with kittens? Will it go away like my other cat? I don't. Don't cats just know how to use a litter box, like, right away? Like, they're not getting cat pee everywhere. You can't... Listen. Uh, you can, something's wrong with the cat. You got to get the cat a... Like a urinal or something. You know what I mean? Like, you can't... Cat piss is not something you can just live with. Have you ever smelled cat piss on a carpet? It's the, it's the, I mean, I know I'm weird about smells, but that's literally the worst smell on earth. Like if I imagine what hell is like, if it exists, it smells like cat piss in there. Why am I yelling at this woman? <laughs> okay. I have a kitten 12 weeks. So the, I don't know shit about cats. What am I supposed to help with? Get your cat, get a, get a, every time it comes out and piss, dunk it in water. You got to get rid of the cat piss. That's my general advice. Now I need to see what Reddit says. Let me know. Oh my goodness. This is how you know the internet is both at the same time glorious and maybe the worst place on earth. In Reddit, somewhere there's an there's cat experts and that's all they do is talk about how much they know about cats. Um all of these people are telling this woman to just deal with it. It's just a little pee. That's disgusting. I mean, you take it to the vet and get it, get a clip put on or something. You got to fix the, you got to, you got to put a pipe on there or something. I don't know shit about cats. The vet's got to do something to make it go straight. It's not like. You know, like you can't just ride it out. What are you gonna do? Just let the cat just have the higher the house. The house can't smell like cat piss for ten months while this cat's figuring it out. Trade in the cat. Get a, get a, you gotta you gotta get a cat that doesn't do that. Listen, you should never abandon your pets, but I'm not keeping around a cat that's dragging piss everywhere. I mean, you just you know you gotta live your life. Shit, I thought that was gonna be a layup. Because it wasn't heavy. <laughs> 
But here's the problem with that perceived layup. I don't know anything about cats. Um, I feel like I got to nail one here. Otherwise, Kelsey's going to turn out to be right. Okay. I don't know if this is going to be hard or not, but this is uh, okay. Got my nudes leaked and I don't know how to tell my parents. Ooh, holy shit. That's a tough one. Okay. Again, we're listening to fake mailbag where I give advice to Reddit people who are just asking advice to the internet and answer their questions. Apparently not very well. We're learning. Okay, here we go. It was quarantine and a random beautiful woman slid into my DM one day. Being the dumbass that I am, I kept talking to her since COVID and I am lonely. I get that. I get every inch of that, man. Then one night, she said she was horny and wants to do sexy stuff on a video call. Being the dumbass I am, I agreed. Also, I don't judge you for that feeling. And you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what it's like to be single through all of this quarantine stuff, but it had to just be completely awful. And like, I don't think it's bad that you got a little weird on, you know, so you got a little lonely. Everyone does dumb shit when they're lonely. Yeah, I got no judgment so far. Though in the back of my mind, it was telling me it was a scam. I was going full autopilot thinking with my dick. Well, also, every every dude's been there sometime as well. Although, if you were starting to think it was a scam, maybe now we got to talk about it a little. We video called, and she was... I'm going to skip some of the more graphic stuff. And then they got naked... And then all of a sudden the video disappeared and I heard a man's voice demanding me to pay up or it leaks. So that, wow, listen to this shit. So this guy comes on and he demands $800 or he was going to release him to the, to his family. And so I, I'm reading here again. I had to make a big public announcement on Facebook to all my friends that they may see a big surprise coming their way. Can't wait for my parents and relatives to see it too. Please don't put your dick on the internet. Well, please don't. I, I like that your advice to everybody here on the end is please don't put your dick to people on the internet. I generally feel like that's I'm, I'm with you there. Also, but that's not my thing. I I got I came in too late for all that shit. So none of it it doesn't do anything for me. Um I fell into an obvious scam. I currently have my news leak. Now I have to tell friends and family. Well, you told you already said you made a big public announcement on Facebook. Your parents already know. Unless you're saying you that's what you're going to have to do. Oh, I don't put it on Facebook. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't do that. You, uh, that's just going to borrow trouble. All you're going to do there is widen your audience to people who are going to see it. You got to, you, but you do have to sit your parents down and explain, like, you got to, you got to just tell them. Like, I'm trying to put myself into this situation. If one of my children sat me down and said, this is what's going on. And told it to me just like you told it to me. Like, I was lonely and I know it was dumb and this happened. Like, I feel like there's certainly going to be a time I'm going to be like, I told you so several times. How come we're still talking about this? I, I don't, I feel like there's no way I wouldn't let that slip out a little bit. And that, I know that's not the first thing you got to say. The first thing you got to say is, it'll be fine. 
Like, dude, it'll be fine. It'll be super embarrassing, but it'll be like, it'll be fine. Don't post it on Facebook. Don't, that's the, the amount of trouble that is borrowing is insane. But eventually your parents are going to get it. Your father already gets it. I get it. I don't even know you and I understand. I've never done that. But if I was younger, I sure would have done. If I would have been in the generation where this was more done, I, there's, I would have, all of us could have been this kid. And like, no one's going to remember. No one, you're not going to feel that right away because you're going to get joked and like, you might get a nickname out of the deal. And I don't know, like, it's going to be hard for sure. It's going to be hard, but you're going to get through it, dude. And like, you know, that you're a good lesson. Like anyone brings it up. You're like, well, you know, don't show your dick on the internet. That's what lesson learned. You're not the only one who, you know what I mean? Like no one wrestles alligators without a crowd. I'm pretty sure from what I've been told about the females version of what Tinder is like, it's like 86% dick pictures sometimes. So like, you know, don't sweat it. You're coming in, I don't know how old this person is, but you're coming into a world where, like, in another 10 to 15 years, the fact that somebody sent a dick picture just won't matter. Because it, it'll be something that was so commonplace, which, which doesn't mean everybody should do it. That's not me condoning it. That's not an argument for everybody to just do it because it'll eventually all be okay. But it just won't. You know what I mean? Like, this... Once again, back to the original topic of the of the podcast, the pendulum of this is swinging real hard one way. It'll level out a little bit after a while because no one's that unique. More no, like you know what I mean. This shit happens to a lot of people, but you don't put it on Facebook. First off, there, it's likely that these people aren't actually going to do anything with the video because that's illegal. You know what I mean? Like, if they put it out on the internet somewhere, it it gets they then they get a little more traceable, and you're not their only mark. Like, they make money off of a lot of hits, right? Get a dude to show his dick, get a dude on the camera to be like, "Gotcha, give me eight hundred bucks," and they're hoping that you're just gonna buckle under the pressure and give me eight hundred bucks. But you can't do that because then when they run out of the eight hundred, they're gonna come back for more. So you just got to dig in. Be like, there's no fucking way I'm paying that. Click. And then if they leak it, they leak it. But for sure, tell your mom and dad. And probably, like, pick your four closest friends and have a beer. Do that before your parents. That's my advice. Sit your four closest friends down. Lay it on them. Practice round once. Sit mom and dad down. Pour mama scotch. Dad's going to understand first. At least I would, I think. Still probably be super fucking mad about it, and you'll get some lectures. But, you know, you got a little bit of that coming. That's my advice. See? Took me a little bit to get up to speed, but we finally got there. That's today's episode, July 2-2-2-0-2-0. Do something nice for your mother. It's my mother's 60th birthday, and she doesn't really want a big fuss. Happy birthday, Rhonda. So you know what I would like you all to do? Call your mother and say something nice to her. Go to MurdochJones.com. It's time for the credits. I need to cut some credits. The Book of Murdoch. This has been a Home Slice audio production. This particular 
credits was recorded in Studio 2A. Executive producer is Mark. <laughs> He's in my cell phone as Mark fucking Houston. <laughs> Executive producer is Mark Houston. Engineering, Chris Jaquez. I think it's Jaquez. I call him Jaquez. And he is certainly the smartest man at Home Slice when it comes to technical abilities. I'm Murdoch. I wrote this uh, photo and videography by Russ Danger Haddon and all graphic design done by our chief brand officer, Robert Tiberius Henry. See more shows at homesliceaudio.com or check out the homeslicegroup.com. Thanks for listening. Give this a like or a share and you have a great day. Mark has to listen to this, and he's going to be so annoyed, and that tickles my fancy. (laughs) So leave this goddamn piece in.